0: Welcome to the Milk Bar.
1: Welcome along to episode 532 of the Milk Bar. Jason Price here with you as ever. And coming up on the show, we'll be hearing from Ricky Tomlinson and Kurt Funeral Care as he decides to tell us what his funeral songs would be. Uh, also, having a chat with the Green Goddess Diana Moran about keeping active in older age. Uh, also, we'll be having a little bit of a word or two uh, with the Songsters. Uh, Phil Holden, their chair, they are the Gentleman Songsters. Uh, they're from Dudley. And got a gig coming up at the theatre. Well, they're they practising Kings Winford, so uh, we'll be hearing from them all about that uh, with their choir. We'll catch up with Lisa Faulkner, Reference Migraine Awareness Week and find out about Keeping Faith, which Season 2 is now available on DVD. We've got Amy Fionn Edwards telling us all about that one. But first of all, from the 23rd through to the 28th of September, a comedy theatre group are taking over the Blue Orange in Hockley. They have two shows in that time period. To tell me more, I'm joined now by Phil and Laura hello both good evening hi so uh, what's going on then because it's it's two shows over the time period we've talked about yeah
2: um, Laura first seeing as your show's on first
3: well uh, this is my dad <laughs> um, and uh, yeah we 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 have double sort of double booked a venue it's a play that I've written uh, called First Aid that I'm also in for the first three nights and then the next three nights it's a play that dad's written that I'm also in uh, so <laughs> The, the litrots are taking over the Blue yeah. orange As long as it's
1: nepotism, that's fine, I oh, think. Yeah, that's how it works.
2: Yeah, yeah exactly, yeah.
3: Yes, yeah, so I got him in.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, from the, uh, the Thursday, Friday, Saturday, it's Strange and Kent of a Social Kind. Then uh, Tuesday Tuesday it's First Aid, which is Laura's play. Yes. Laura's written and directed First Aid, and she's in it. Mm-hmm. I wrote and directed Strange Encounters, and Laura's also in that.
1: So, so, so tell did, me more about talk. the rest of the cast, though, because a comedy, it's big, isn't it, the comedy group?
2: It's quite big, yeah. There's, what, 12 in each cast?
3: Yeah, I think so. There's, yeah, there's three 12. actors who's in both, aren't there? So that's a total of, oh, I can't do maths, something like 25. Yeah, in total
2: 20 20 25 actors and what's the collective name for
1: comedy performers I'm, I'm sure there's a polite one and a rude one isn't there uh, let's let a gaggle a gaggle, a gaggle, yeah. Yeah. gaggle of comedians yes yeah. mugs okay Well, <laughs> okay, so what, what is the basis of all of this first aid i'm going to guess there may be an injury involved in that one
3: well it's a first aid course um it's a load of people who get sent to a first aid course by the job center or the places they work um, none of them have any clue about first aid. Um, and I play a mad hippie who's trying to convert everyone. Uh, there's a DJ. Um, there's a couple of sort of chavvy characters. There's an ex-teacher. And basically they all sort of solve each other's problems. Yeah. The, one of the chavs has a difficult relationship with her daughter um, who turns up on the course, who's 15, and the teacher talks to both of them, mends that relationship. And it's all, it's all very classical ends tie together in the end sort of The same
1: way as a triangular bandage would. Exactly, (laughs) exactly. I'm liking the analogy there, it's going to work well. And and tell us a bit more about uh, your your Strange Group.
2: Well, Strange Encounters, (laughs) um, it's a similar sort of premise. They're both set in a community centre um, and it's a load of people who come together um, with the intention of making new friends. Laura plays Estelle who has the idea of setting up this group. Um, And, yeah, it's just a load of people who come together they want to make new friends. Um, there's a few twists in there. There's a few unexpected visitors. Uh, there's a mad tea lady. Uh, okay. You wouldn't want her sandwiches, I can no. assure you. Okay. And you don't really want to drink her tea. Yeah, she's and her like cakes a, are something to behold. She's but like then a, there's like a, a...
3: cross between Mrs Cropley and Mrs Overall, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, but there's an unexpected visitor turns up as well, and that throws things into turmoil. And it's, it's how these people get on. And I think both of the plays there sort of how human interaction and how they get on and there's issues and there's and there's um, arguments and fallouts but somehow when people get together and they get thrown together in a group they find a way of getting on with each other yeah and, and but also having that. a laugh as well and there oh, will always yeah.
1: be some comedy moments and i mean you guys as a comedy theatre group uh, you've done so many different bits and pieces through, oh, the, through yes. the years that
2: i've known you yes. let alone beyond that yeah. yeah we've done sketch shows we've done full-length plays we've done yeah. pantomimes and it all is comedy, and it's all—it's—I don't know—it's all comedy that you can bring your family along to. You yeah. know, they're they'll But, have but a good this r- success,
1: though. It's forced you into a bigger venue this time, hasn't it? Yes,
2: it has. This is the first time we've sort of—well, um, my my side of it—it's the first time we've taken them out of church hall performances right. and gone into. What you might call a legitimate theatre. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. First the where the seats are bolted to the floor rather than yeah, moved in and out. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> um,
3: uh, yeah. First aid was at the Rose um, in April uh, at the Rose Theatre in Kidderminster, and it sold out. So uh, that was quite exciting. Yeah, so yeah. we thought, let's go and invade Birmingham. Yeah. It's good for the
2: actors as well to, you know, they uh, say so they've done it church all level. It's nice for them to step up a level and yeah. sort of be and, and challenged feel a little of bit. Venue, yeah. Oh yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's some there's some actors who've never performed at this kind of venue before. Mm. So it's, it's really exciting for them. It's a real challenge for them as well. And it sort of mm. steps them up.
1: But, it, but it's also good to do theatre in unusual places as well. Yeah, oh, Ch- yeah. church halls, Oh yeah, pretty much can accommodate that sort of thing yeah. easily. But it's great when you get to do some little pop-up theatre stuff too. Yeah. And again, you, you've done this sort of thing in the past. And, uh, you know, I'm sure we'll see you doing more of that in the future as well. Well, I hope
2: oh, so. We yes. just need to find some more material, don't we? Yes, yes. Um, I mean,
3: there was one show that I did at a, a festival or a section of a show and it was basically at the end of a sort of market bazaar. So I was having to scream over people just just buying and selling. And, and I probably had about two people watching me. <laughs> they applauded, <laughs> but, though. That was, that was an interesting as question. Long yes. as, the, as
1: long as both the audience, cool. and at and, and the least the, 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 the audience outnumbered you, which is. Well, yeah, that's true. Because that you, yes. you do do quite a few one woman pieces, don't you?
3: I do, yes. And I, I, I can't, that, that, that's the advantage, you see. There is always more audience than acts as if it's one person. <laughs> yeah. I can't say I've ever had less
1: than me <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that, that, and that's fine but uh, it, 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 it's all part of sharing the the, the experience as well oh, yeah. and you guys are, are great at doing that yeah. very much looking forward to uh, seeing the shows so where do we get tickets from?
2: Um, you can contact the Blue Orange Direct mm-hmm. um, they've got a website and obviously the uk I think it is um, you can get the tickets direct from them or you can contact us via Facebook. Mm-hmm. or uh, It's easy to find a comedy theatre group, Stairbridge on Facebook. Or they can contact us by email, a comedy theatre group at hotmail.co.uk. And we'll it. sort it up for you. It will be very funny. I've, um, I've seen this play and I've seen rehearsals up teen times, because I first did it three years ago. Yeah. Uh, and we recast it and we rehearsed last Thursday and they still made me laugh. <laughs> and I've seen it up teen times and they still make me laugh.
1: That's a sign of a good... I mean, and there's comedy we constantly go back to. I mean, if you look back to things like Morecambe and Wise and we, we head back in time through Tommy Cooper, that sort of thing. They're things you you may know what's coming. Two Ronnies, four candles. Yeah. You know, it, that's all going to make you giggle. So we, we're talking that sort of yeah, quality we're, of humour.
2: We're, yeah. we're very influenced by that. Um, yeah, Morecambe and Wise, Two Ronnies, or oh, yeah. Hancock, Steptoe and mm. Son... All that sort of thing, that's all where my influences come from.
3: And me as well, because
2: Dad's, up, he, dad's
3: brought me up on that. <laughs> First Aid is like a cross between Are You Being Served, The Office and Faulty Towers.
1: OK, so we've got plenty of great stuff to look out for. A comedy theatre group, average is what we're looking for online, or Google for the uh, Blue Orange Theatre. And we look forward to having you a great... I think I have to say break a leg, even if it's a comedy show, I don't know. So break yeah, a you're leg you're to. too. Yeah, you're and, to. Uh, and have a brilliant
2: time on stage. Thank you very much. And yet we want people to come along, be entertained and have a very good laugh. It is very funny, both of them. Oh,
1: yes. Yes they are. Well we've got some fantastic new music for you on the show and the choir singing for us when we hear from them in a short while's time. Before we have a chat with the choir, let's have a listen to Pennan Bray. This is his single strut. Holden is the chairman of the Gentleman Songsters Male Voice Choir, the Songsters for short. And he's with me now to tell me a bit about the group. Hello, sir. Hi. Good evening. Well, good evening. Good to talk to you. And I'm looking forward to seeing and hearing the boys
4: in action very soon. Tell us a bit about the choir. Well, the choir has been going uh, 62 years mm-hmm. and uh, we've got about 60 odd members and it's a very thriving community, mm-hmm. uh, lots of social events as well, and uh, the guys get on really well. So it's a great fun place to, to come and sing. Mm-hmm. And, but of course, the main purpose of the choir is to sing. Yeah. And we, laugh, we love performing in public. Uh, besides the town hall, we do weddings, We've done, we have do things in churches, we mm-hmm. do things outside. Um, we do things at Christmas uh, singing pubs, for instance. Mm-hmm. Um, I bet so that does down well. It does really well. <laughs> yeah. uh, we have some great, great times uh, with the Jelly Crispin and uh, places like that. So, yeah, it's a great, it's a great. Uh, social thing as well as uh, an opportunity for singing.
1: Hmm. But you're rehearsing out of the Methodist Church on Stream Road in Kings
4: Winford, so are you, is most of your work around this sort of area? It's mostly in Dudley. Mm-hmm. We do we do travel a bit, but... You're uh, allowed out. Uh, yeah, we're allowed out, And uh, but I think uh, because we get such a lot of bookings in and around the town, and we're very pleased to sing in, in the black country, and we're a charity, and we also donate proceeds from our our you know activities Mm -hmm. to charitable causes so um often we support the mayor's charities but also individual charities so it's 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 all good it's good for everybody really it's a good win-win yeah
1: a a, a choir with the community at heart and
4: enjoying you know going and singing to that community as well absolutely and I think you know. One of our, as a charity, we, we, we're, our charitable purpose is to is to spread singing, is to support singing, and support others to sing. Mm-hmm. And we do. We encourage schools to come and sing with us. We sing with other choirs. So anything that we can do, which involves music and singing, performing, that's what we're best at. And do you involve new members wherever possible too? Absolutely, we're always looking for new members. Uh, we've just recently had a, a, a two or three come along, and they're more than welcome. Uh, and people are more than welcome just to come along and, and sit and listen to us and, and see what they like. And they, there's no onus on them to be able to sing well, they don't have to know mu- music or uh, be able to read music because we can help them out mm-hmm. and anybody who feels like having this sing come along yep. and uh, see what it's like but then work out pick up the tune and if you can sing in the shower then start absolutely. thinking about doing this yeah. absolutely absolutely and a lot of our lads, if you say if you say you know D- did you sing before yes yeah, some people have sung before but a lot of people just came along because they fancied the idea and they get in with a group and because we're a big group and people we sit you're sitting amongst people who know what they're doing mm-hmm. it rubs off and we give people special help as well. So it's a, it's a great opportunity uh, to get involved in something that you'll enjoy. It also keeps you fit, mm-hmm. keeps you mentally fit, because we have to learn the words yep. uh, when we perform them. Mm-hmm. So we don't sing with music. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's mental agility, it's physical. A bit of movement too in there? No, we don't do a lot of movement. No. Okay. Uh, uh, we, 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 we've tried movement, and sometimes it works, uh, but with a group of lads... Yeah. Uh, Stick to what you know, Absolutely. just belt out the tunes. Absolutely. And what sort of music are you singing? Well, we're singing everything uh, normally, but on this particular occasion, on the 28th of September, we, we're, our, uh, con- our show is called uh, Legends of Pop. Mm-hmm. And what we're doing is we're singing a number of big ballads and anthems. Uh, we're doing The Beatles, we're doing Queen, we're doing Simon and Garfunkel, uh, Righteous Brothers, Hollies, Elvis Presley... You name and we're doing the big ones. Classics from over the decades. Classics from over the decades. But we're also going to be joined with a, an international cabaret group, uh, the Jivets, uh, young women and a, and a young chap. And they're going to come along and they're going to do Motown classics mm-hmm. and some soul classics. They're going to sing some great songs as well. And they're going to compliment us. And we're going to do some stuff together. And we've also got a live band on stage. We're going to have four musicians, professional musicians, um, three of whom are graduates from the... Uh, from the Birmingham Conservatoire and they're brilliant musicians and we've got special arrangements for all those pop numbers and so it's going to be really vibrant and live and it's great. And Ian Porky-Jones, who's well known around mm-hmm. here for his work on radio. Infamous. He's come infamous. <laughs> he's going to come along and he's going to help us sort of set the scene and be a kind of a compare DJ. Please Porky, don't sing. I've heard you sing before. Don't do it to us. No, he's a lovely fella and he's got an amazing voice. He, he, I'm he? sure he has and uh, and what we're trying to kind of create, recreate a sort of, um, those of you that are young enough remember the Top of the Pops mm-hmm. and that kind of atmosphere where it's it's kind of non-stop music and lots of stuff going on. Okay. It's so going that's, to be great. Where do people get tickets from then? They can get tickets directly from us um, or they can go on our website which is gsmvc.org.uk or they can get them via the uh, the, by the town hall through the Dudley Ticket Booking Service. So check out Dudley Town Hall's website or search for the Gentleman's Songster's voice choir. go on to our website mm-hmm. and uh, yeah you, you can get tickets through that and how much does it cost it's 20 pound a ticket um, which and that, that's for sort of, it's so uh, you've booked a seat an actual seat so you can choose a seat mm-hmm. um, we've got a balcony we've got the stalls so um, it's going to be a great night um, and I think everybody's going to be going out singing. We, we, we're going to encourage the uh, audience to sing along with their favourite classics, tap the feet. And if they want to get up and dance, they can do that it's, too.
1: It's allowed. It's not frowned upon at all.
4: Not at all. You may be stood still on the stage, but the audience can absolutely, move as, much as they like. Absolutely. And I'm sure the girls <laughs> who are on stage are going to get everybody going and, yeah. and get everybody up and singing and Make waving, particularly when we do all the Queen stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, We want everybody up there standing up and doing the waving and all that. It's going to be a great night. And and, and Porky's going to lead you all that as well. He'll be stood in the corner doing his thing,
1: I'm sure. He'll be doing
4: his thing as well. (laughs) He's a top fella. Right, so date and time again, please. It's half past seven, Mm -hmm. Saturday the 28th of September. Uh, Doors open about quarter to seven, seven o'clock. There's a bar with a bar extension afterwards for mm. those of you that would like to stay. And we also end up singing in the bar afterwards. And we, can, <laughs> we do all our big classic numbers that we haven't sung on the night. Uh, Nessun, Dormer and Dormer. You can take and, requests in the bar. Absolutely. And Might cost them a can, pint though, that's the uh, thing. People can join in with that as well. So it, <laughs> it's going to be a great night from start to finish.
1: Well, they are the Gentleman's Songsters. It is at Dudley Town Hall. It's going to be absolutely amazing. We're going to take a listen to how
4: it all sounds. But, uh, Phil, thanks for having a chat with us. Well, Thanks, thanks for coming and thanks for uh, your encouragement.
1: DC One's hit Welsh drama, Keeping Faith, is back for season two. It's now available on DVD. To tell me more about it, I'm joined now by Amy Fionn-Edwards. Hello. Hi. How are we um, doing?
5: I'm really, really well,
1: thank you. How are you? Oh, all oh, good here. I'm just hoping your standard day-to-day life is a lot less stressful than the world that everybody lives in in rural <laughs> Wales and Keeping Faith.
5: Yeah, I'm having a lovely, lovely time. I'm free. I'm not in prison, so that's all.
1: It does help, really, doesn't it? Because uh, you're you're playing uh, Madeleine Vaughan, uh, a wife and mother on trial for the alleged murder of her husband. We can't say too much around this, can we? Because we've got to keep some spoilers uh, out of the public eye here.
5: Yes, I mean, I think you've almost said everything that we're allowed to say, I'd say, (laughs) Um, because we don't want any spoilers. But um, yes, I do. I play Madeleine and um, in episode one, you find out that her husband's been murdered. And she is the main suspect in that murder inquiry. And um, yeah, so she asks Faith, um, who she knows well because their children go to the same school to help her represent her and help her to prove her innocence. So that's how she is connected with, um, with Faith.
1: And we once again get to see the stunning scenery uh, from the, uh, the, the the area of Wales that this is all set in. But I mean, if you're incarcerated for a lot of this, you're going to miss out on all that, aren't you?
5: Well, do you know what? There was I had one scene outside. <laughs> um, one scene. It's my favourite. It's my favourite memory of the whole shoot.
1: <laughs> <So> you're <laughs> uh, you're no, basically it... looking forward to the DVD release so you can see what you missed. <laughs>
5: Yeah, exactly. I can't wait to see it. But, um, yeah, the, the scenery is amazing. There's a, my one outdoor scene was right in front of the estuary, which is, it is a place of beauty. Um, so, yeah, I was really grateful for that because um, I spent a lot of time staring at uh, white tiles. Um, but, yeah, so that was that was a treat. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so tell us about the rest of the cast who obviously got to go into the outdoors.
5: Um, yeah, they. I mean, it was so fun to work with them. Eve Miles is something else. What a special woman! Um, and yeah, no, they were just all great to work with. Very friendly and fun. And considering it's quite a an in, like an intense, serious drama, there's a lot of silliness and <laughs> fun going on. So that's good. You kind of need that, really. I think everyone would explode mm-hmm. with uh, with all the stress. Um, Yes, it's a great
1: cast. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, the, the tension of whether your character did or didn't do it—we've obviously got to keep talking around this. Uh, it it it's all builds up to quite an emotional pressure on yourself, and I'm, I'm sure that Eve's going this, through the same sort of thing as she's in the mindset of somebody who's defending a friend.
5: Yeah, I mean, it's—it is a great storyline, and it's brilliant too. The—the the, the dynamic between the two women is really interesting, um and I think they kind of need each other in different ways. Madeline needs um faith to help her prove her innocence but also i think faith needs to almost see out her own injustices in her own life through Madeleine, if that makes any sense so Mm -hmm. i think they're both women that they're women that are, are unhappy they've been unhappy in their relationships with their with their husbands and have both felt let down and um yeah, and so, yeah, I, I can't really say too much, but it's a, it's a really interesting relationship um, mm-hmm. between them. It's great. It's a good fun to play.
1: But when it comes down to the other work that we see you on screen for, the, the things like uh, you're working Peaky Blinders in Luther and Detectorists, I mean, these are all very different roles, aren't they? You get a good spread. Your agent's doing some fun stuff here. Uh,
5: <laughs> yeah, no, I'm very, very lucky. Um, I'm very lucky, yeah. I, it's um, It's a real... It's sort of a... Joy to get to play lots of different different parts and um, and avoid getting typecasts as much as possible um, and just to be challenged really um, so yeah no I'm really I'm really grateful and I, like all those those projects you've just listed I've had such an amazing time on um, so yeah it's, and again like this is very different to those um, and also in setting worlds which is fun. Got to stay in my own bed, which is also always... <laughs> and, and keep <laughs> your own accent tri- as well,
1: which helps too, doesn't it?
5: Yeah, which is I don't get to do that that much. So, yeah, that's really it's really nice. And actually, just to have a, an an interesting drama like this come out of Wales is really exciting. Um, and I hope there'll be there'll be more um, more sort of investment in in drama and TV and film in Wales. That'd be really brilliant.
0: Mm-hmm.
5: Um, so, yeah no yeah, I'm really really proud to be part of it. It's such a great show and it seems to have captured so many people's imagination, um, which is yeah, it's fantastic.
1: And have the filming locations had an influx of visitors as well since uh, all of this has been going on with these two seasons so far?
5: I believe so. Yes, I, I was actually down in Larn where they um, filmed the main village stuff, and you can't move for a yellow mac. Everybody has a yellow mac down there. <laughs> um. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it really has, which is it's yeah, it's amazing. But I mean, when you've got views like that, um, it's bound to draw people, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's nice to show it off.
1: <laughs> absolutely even if you spend your entire time looking at white tiles yeah, well exactly. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that means you've had to redecorate the smallest room in the house just so it's a little brighter for you when you're in there <laughs> but uh, season two of Keeping Faith available now on DVD and we can also get it on streaming services as well I believe
5: yes that's correct
1: so uh, whatever you do enjoy it work out all the stuff that we couldn't talk about now and uh, it'll be rather good to uh, enjoy uh, another fantastic story in that wonderful rural Wales setting. Uh, For now, Amy Fionn Edwards, thank you for joining us.
5: Thank you for having me. Thank you.
1: Around 190,000 migraine attacks in Britain every day, affecting 6 million people on a regular basis, is costing the NHS a fortune. Estimated at £1 billion directly and the UK economy of around £2.4 billion. migraines are clearly a problem and there is no cure. To tell us more about these numbers, I'm joined now by Lisa Faulkner, celebrity chef and actress. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. So obviously these are very worrying numbers with three in five people saying they've given up hope of finding relief from their condition. And it is Migraine Awareness Week this week. So it is you know, time to, to highlight this and try and tame people's migraines.
6: Absolutely. Um, as a fellow migraine sufferer, um, I was delighted to get involved in this campaign because just to make everybody a little bit more aware, to understand that a migraine is not just a headache and it's not just a bad headache it it has many other symptoms and it's pretty horrific I mean I get probably about at least two migraines a month and they're pretty debilitating so it was it's lovely to be involved and to launch this website as well tameyourmigraine.co.uk um, to help and have, give tips to other people who are suffering from
1: migraine. Yeah. Often people get lots of different triggers. We hear of things like chocolate and, uh, and things like that. I personally was getting migraines uh, as a sort of caffeine withdrawal thing. I'd have a horrendous headache, maybe once every two to three weeks, often waking me up in the middle of the night. I'd wake up, have a slice of toast, a cup of tea, and uh, probably... 2-paracetamol, 2 uh, ibuprofen as well. And it was most of the tea that was curing it because it seemed to be caffeine withdrawal that was there. Other things yeah. that have affected me have been different coloured toothpaste. If I use green toothpaste, over a period of weeks, I build up to getting some horrendous migraines. I oh stop it, it, it gets that's out really my system, and I'm a lot better.
6: Wow. But isn't that amazing? And I think that's what's great about a Migraine Awareness Week is that we can talk about what different things um, trigger your migraine. And just from talking to other people and finding out that a green toothpaste does that for you and and absolutely as you say coffee caffeine for me I can have one cup of coffee and it does level out my migraines or my headaches definitely if I have more than one it can bring on a migraine attack so it's really weird getting your levels of things right and also knowing what what uh, works for you what trigger it is for you whether it's you know, it's skipping meals for me are definitely if I don't eat regularly. And and today talking to um, Dr Mark Weatherall, he said to me that is a huge trigger for most people. Mm-hmm. Is that you skip meals and your migraine doesn't like that, and it. Triggers
1: it. Well, one thing I definitely think we need to get you to do is to go completely cold turkey and get caffeine out of your diet because that could actually make a difference too. So, uh, I, when I stopped it, I had a headache constantly for about two to three days, uh, but then got through it and the world was a much happier place afterwards. Yeah, so, so, I'm sure. So do I, that for last, me.
6: I think so. And last um, summer, I cut alcohol completely out of my diet because. I was worried that maybe it was the, you know, that was causing my mm-hmm.
0: Um,
6: so I stopped drinking. Sadly it didn't. <laughs> it didn't completely cure them, but I think it was that, probably dehydration, you know, mm-hmm. that's another huge thing. Yeah. Um, but if you go on the website, there is an assessment tool about, um, which sort of says how migraines can um, impact your life, mm-hmm. and it's a broad overview of migraines. And, a sort of questions a, t- a tool with lo- lots of questions that you can answer like how many days do you suffer from a migraine etc and you can download those questions and take them to your GP with your answers and they can help you manage your migraine because a lot of the time there's a lot of new stuff out there there are lots of things that work for different people but it's finding what works for you and talking to your GP is a really good start.
1: Yeah, because it's not going to be just the pain that comes with it. It is going to be the uh, the change in your visual uh, images that you see. It could be blurring of your vision. It could be a flashing light, something like that. There are lots of different symptoms. And sometimes one will come without the other, and that must be really confusing for, for, for many a sufferer.
6: Yeah, I think so, and, and each one is different sometimes. I mean, I know now when I see a flashing light, sometimes I see it out of the corner of my eye and I can feel this sort of weird feeling and I know that has started the migraine and sometimes I can look at a flashing light and it doesn't do anything it just it's just all dependent on where you are at that time do you know what I mean every other social um, sort of uh, effect as Mm -hmm. well so that you know food, um, diet alcohol, water uh, caffeine as you say flashing lights, loud music all all sorts of things can trigger it hormones you know so Mm -hmm. you know
1: and it and it completely changed the way in which you can do things and interpret things as well. And it sometimes it might affect your speech patterns as as well. So you know it could just be. Bit different bits of your brain aren't able to cope with what's going on and to say that the migraine can be completely debilitating in many different ways so i mean it's interesting to see these figures and how many people are actually affected by this and it's something which you know is certainly worth talking about during migraine awareness week because i mean it, it's very often uh, an employer might say oh yeah well you know you have just got a bit of a headache or maybe you did have too much to drink last night then you're just trying to cover it off with something which is a known medical condition and and that's not there are so many sufferers out there who just get this at random
6: absolutely and i think that's that that's the great thing about this uh, awareness week is to say you know what when somebody doesn't really understand it maybe take the time to to research it a little bit just to go on the website and and find out exactly what a migraine can be because it believe me it's not just a hangover it's not just a headache and and it is as you say it can affect your speech it can affect everything in your brain so it's it's, it's a, a horrible thing to have
1: So once again, what's the details for uh, this Tame Your Migraine promotion?
6: It's tameyourmigraine.co.uk and it can, you know, there's lots and lots of tips on there um, and resources and different websites that you can be directed to as well. Um, So it really is fantastic.
1: Well, certainly when it comes to your celebrity chefing, you'll be making sure the right things are in your diet and looking at your work as an actor. I'm sure it can be a bit of a a pain if you're having a migraine when you're trying to portray somebody else. So that cannot be easy at all.
6: No, I mean, I think for anybody suffering, it's really difficult. But, you know, whether you're picking your kids up from school and you cannot, suddenly you can't move. um, For me, if I'm on set, you know, there's nobody that can sort of stand in for me um, when we're, you know, filming John and Lisa's Weekend Kitchen. Mm -hmm. um, Because unfortunately, my name's in the title. (laughs) So we just have to, you just have to get on with it. And, with the right medication I can just about hold it together but those days are, are tough and it has happened while I've been filming and I just have to carry on which is, it's really hard.
1: Yep, yeah, not, not an easy one to get through but certainly there is uh, at least room to talk around this and hopefully a few tips between the groups of people out there can actually make Absolutely. a difference. Lisa Faulkner, thank you for joining us.
6: Thank you so much, thanks for having me.
1: Time for some more new music now from Primal Static this time round. This is Velvet Crush. i velvet crush here on the milk bar 15 leading uk charities with support from sport england at a launch we are undefeatable a campaign that aims to support people living with long-term health conditions to get active someone who is constantly active is diana moran aka the green goddess hello
7: good afternoon jason how are you
1: i'm very well thank you and i trust we find you well i'm fighting fit we have to mention the fact that you are 80 years old and this is you know a shock to me because we see you on TV periodically still and you are looking as fit and uh, and great as ever
0: <laughs>
7: well it shows that being physically active can certainly help as the years go by and and I'm on uh, talking to you today all about uh, a campaign that I'm helping to support um, and it's called. We are undefeatable, and uh, in this campaign, it's being led by 15 health and social care charities. It's designed to inspire and support the 15 million people in England with long-term health conditions to be more active.
1: Now, nearly a quarter of these people uh, uh, feared that physical activity would make their health issues worse, and in many cases, that just isn't true, is it?
7: true. Sixty nine percent of those who are unwell think that they're not able to do things and yet they'd like to be fit. It's just finding out how, because if they can be more physically active, it has lots of benefits. It, uh, many of them will lose some of the weight that some of them are excessively really carrying. And also it helps mental conditions as well. I mean, it's invisible conditions very often, things like arthritis and diabetes. And they they have decided that, you know, they can't be as active as they used to be. And we are now trying to encourage them to think again.
1: Now, uh, lack of energy is often something that they cite as a, a problem here. So how do you think they can get themselves feeling a little bit more energetic?
7: Well, this is the thing, to try and get them to overcome those barriers. Many of them feel too tired or too uncomfortable and this is what the campaign's all about. Incidentally, we start some T V ads next week and this may well inspire people because there are many inspiring people, young and older, on these TV ads, who are now playing walking football, or they're doing basketball from wheelchairs, or table tennis from wheelchairs, or chair exercises. And I know from the work that I've done over many, many years that if in actual fact we can be more active, it certainly helps us uh, and our, not only our physical well-being, but it also helps mentally as well.
1: Yeah, because Rebecca Fowler, who at the age of 36 and based in Redditch is suffering from uh, multiple sclerosis and depression, uh, she does wheelchair dancing and this has had a major impact on her life, hasn't it?
7: Oh it's absolutely superb. Now I can quote another friend of mine. She's in her 40s and she was a champion swimmer uh and then uh, sadly over the last 10 years she's had degeneration of the spine she's permanently in a wheelchair. She can't stand up anymore. And uh she was putting on weight, she was so depressed. It was really un, un it was sad to see what was going on and then suddenly the the switch was flicked. And she now gets up in the morning, puts herself into her bathing suit, into her wheelchair, into her car, goes to the local health center, gets out, uh, uh, sort of bobs along on her bottom, slides herself into the water, does over a mile every day of swimming. She's lost weight and physically and mentally, she's really, really buzzing again. So it shows what a difference it can make.
1: And it is keeping that link to the lives that they've had before the health condition kicked in that really can make a a massive difference to the general overall outlook.
7: It can. It's just getting people to start to, to overcome those barriers that we've just been talking about. And then people often meet others who are in similar circumstances. And these aren't older people all the time. These can be young people as well. And mentally that can help them a great deal you know a problem shared is a problem halved,
1: isn't it so it is important to get people interested and in doing this we know that there is the, uh, the 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 mental want and need to do this but uh, you know physically it can be lacking so it's just been able to get that switch over so the the mental holding back on doing the physical exercise is taken away and the ways to find out about this online through these 15 charities yes, there
7: certainly is yes Give you that the website is uk. but also the campaign support. There will be packs distributed to every GP surgery and the community pharmacies in uh, England. And as I say, those TV ads, you'll see those next week. So I do hope. That um, you know, people get inspired. There are uh, many charities behind this: Age UK, the MS Society, Rethink Mental Illness, Stroke Association, versus Arthritis, to name a few of them.
1: But all working together to make sure that message comes across. Do not give in. Be undefeatable. Make the most of everything you can do, and use that to improve your overall quality of life.
7: That's wonderful. That's the message.
1: Thank you. Green Goddess, Diana Moran, thank you for joining us.
7: It's been my pleasure. Keep on
0: keeping fit.
1: Another new song for you now. This is Aaron Drift.
0: Tell me, tell me, tell me Tell me what you feel Tell me, tell me, tell me Tell me for how long you know. Tell me.
1: and drift with sun goes down here on the Milk Bar. A recent survey about Coat Funeral Care has given us an insight into more on how we would like to spend our funeral. Admittedly, we don't actually get to see it, but we want to know what happens after we have gone, with 82% wanting their family to make their ashes into a tree. To tell us more, I'm joined now by Regan Drew from Coat Funeral Care and Ricky Tomlinson, who knows a thing or two about family trees, being part of the Royal Family. Hello to you both. Good morning, Ket. So, uh, tell us a bit more about this survey to begin with.
8: So, the survey's just shown how we're moving away from traditional religious services and making it more personalised and unique to reflect the life that we led.
1: And with the way in which our remains are then treated, with people wanting things like going up in a firework or being turned into a ring, it's certainly something got different to, uh, say, maybe uh, Nana's time in the royal family where she was on top of the telly. Yeah, that, that's
9: right. But I mean it it it's horses for courses, isn't it? I mean I'm a traditionalist, you know, and uh, but some if if you want to go up in the firework, that's fine. Or some people wanna d uh, ashes make it into into a little piece of jewelry or whatever, that that's great. But but are you, I I'm a traditionalist and I like the old fashioned funeral service and, and all that and you know, a couple of nice hymns and whatever and but I don't mind I wouldn't mind being turned into a tree. You get your ashes and, and mix it with some soil or whatever planted tree that'd be pretty
0: good
1: yeah you get to be the nutrients that uh, enables new life to grow on this planet and if we all did that the, the world would be a greener place it would it'd be a far better place yeah now i mean sadly we we know you've lost colleagues from the royal family who uh, yeah well, did they talk about their wishes on, on what was going to happen after they'd gone
9: no but they never because we didn't even know caroline was ill ever we never ever got to know that she was ill until she actually died i i didn't have a clue and it's, it's it's that
1: strength of carrying on sometimes, which can stop us talking to our nearest and dearest about what we really should be doing.
9: Well, I don't think we ever think it's going to come to us. I mean, I'm I'm beginning to realise now at my age that it's coming. I'm just going to put it off as long as I can, to be honest with you. But no, it, I, I think people should talk about it. And I think they should. If they have any last wishes, I think they should let it be known. So that they can, you know, be carried out when the uh, when they do pass on.
1: because, yeah, I mean pets are starting to turn up at funeral services too. Is that something that uh, either of you two fancy having along?
8: I would have my dog in a second. He's got a lot of tux, so I would like him to walk in front of the hair. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: and Ricky, any furry friends in your world?
9: No, I've got a dog shop. I own a dog shop and I'm very fond of dogs and the poodle powder and all that. But uh, no, I I don't want the I don't want the dog there, the poor old dog, no. The power there. Yep. I just thought the old traditional funeral will do
1: me. Mm-hmm. But uh, there are some interesting ones uh, being suggested as well. I mean, Is it with, uh, with, uh, down to about 10% who are looking for a, a religious service now?
8: Yeah, just about 10% of people still want the traditional service, but I think a big part of it is people didn't know the options where they are, and I think learning this, and we you know we're on Twitter today with the hashtag MyFuneralWish, we're wanting people to express what they want, share your ideas, and let people know what's out there to be done
1: because the traditional black isn't for everybody when it comes to the outfits to wear bright colors uh to reflect uh a joyous life can uh be there too absolutely people
8: are coming in bright colors and fancy dress and odd socks and all things to reflect a person's life
1: and mm-hmm. um, yeah people's favorite colors as well are featuring in all of that uh but uh the, the one that intrigued me was uh the superhero themed funeral how does that one work
8: it just if the family asks, we're here to accommodate. We'll dress up in anything. You know, we've had superhero princesses, football themes where people will wear the tie or we'll wear the the football shirt. We'll do whatever it is for the family. It's that one person's last day, so anything you ask us we'll accommodate. Mm.
1: And it is making sure it all fits in. And, and Ricky again, back to your, your traditional view of things. I mean are other hymns or songs that you want to be included?
9: Oh yeah, absolutely, yeah. Abide with me because my dad loved that and, and when he went to a few occasions when he when he went to Wembley to watch Liverpool they always, they, I think they still do open up with Abide with me and then Eternal Father which is another one it's a beautiful it's about people on the scene with widows with living by the maze and all like that that's tremendous but I've got to love all that but I can respect other people's wishes about what they want to do
0: mm-hmm.
9: I, I I just found as I say I've just been to Dottie's funeral and Joe Longton's, and that was a mixture of both it was great, there was comedy, there was humour, but there was dignity, two beautiful services and so why can't we combine the two? Yep,
1: yeah, absolutely. And it's also a thought about what the uh, the coffin's going to be made of as well, Is there, a, there are many options uh, out there, including bamboo and the likes these days.
8: Yeah, we've got bamboo, wicker, you can have banana leaf, um, cardboard, picture coffins, really we've got the wool coffins, anything. Mm.
1: Uh, and uh, again, it's it's all down to personal choice and making sure that we go off in the same way as we would have lived our life. If we really want to be environmentally friendly, we can carry that on past and beyond the grave.
8: Yeah, we're encouraged to live that way, so why not die that way? Go with something you believe if you're into saving the planet, which we all should be. Go biodegradable, you know, go something more eco-friendly.
1: Mm-hmm. And it does become... yeah. Difficult sometimes to talk about these things. As, uh, Ricky, as you say, you, uh, as we all start to get a bit older, it does become more obvious when we're losing more friends and family and uh, we're the ones who uh, may maybe helping others through difficult times.
9: Absolutely, but it, it, it's horses for courses, isn't it? I I sort of like the, the traditional thing because, it, you know what, I don't know what it's like now, but in the old days when when we, we were born, my mum would go to, church and stay, go, go to the church and get what they call churched. Then later on we were christened in church and so i don't think it's asking too much to go and finish our days in church you know it's it, it's not a big thing and if you've got a bit of, if you've got faith and someone has looked after me because i've had a life that's been up and down i mean i mean skint and lost me home and bounced back and people have been really good to me and i just think that you know you can say thanks for whoever's responsible for that you can you can say thank you and as and I say, I I still love that old tradition. You know, I um I, I went to the, I went to the States about two years ago, and we went into a a black church down in in the south of the in the south of the States, and it was absolutely wonderful. It was gospel singers and dancing and singing, and it was wonderful. It hasn't got to be this black tie and black shirt and everyone's miserable. It can be just the opposite, but you can get that particular blessing if you so wish.
1: So. Plenty of options out there. It is important to talk about what you're looking for. Also, you know, people worry about the costs of their funeral care as well, and there's there's ways and means to make sure that you're not putting that sort of burden onto your family when it does turn into your time to go. But uh, lots more in the survey, I am sure. Regan, where can we go to find out more about all of that?
8: You can go on our website coop.co.uk/forward slash funeral trends, and again, we're using the hashtag on Twitter my final wishes to find out what other people are
1: seeing yep so have a look at it think about it a bit of a a chat within the family and make sure everybody understands what's going on and what your choices are well maybe a very very long time before any of us are having to have a funeral (laughs) planned in our honour but for now Ricky Tomlinson and Reagan Drew thank you for joining us thank you you.
0: bye
1: bye Bye. another new tune to finish things off on the show this week musically Todd Mosby this is Open Waters Fantastic sound of open waters by Todd Mosby here on the Milk Bar. That's it for this week. Thank you so much for joining us. Back with episode 533 next week. I'll see you then. Traf for now.
0: Goodbye from the Milk Bar. 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 Yeah.